Happy Valentine's Day. This is The Exam Room brought to you by the Physicians Committee. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about how to treat your heart kindly. You'll learn all about the role that cholesterol and fats play in heart health, and we'll show you how a plant-based diet can protect your heart. For Valentine's Day, we have seven top ways that we love to boost our heart health. So here's Chuck. Thank you, Dr. Barnard. You are listening to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, on Twitter at Chuck Carroll, WLC. That's with two R's and two L's, the WLC standing for weight loss champion. My favorite part of the podcast is speaking to somebody who has an incredible story, somebody who is just so inspirational. You hear this and you get inspired and you go out and you try to change the world yourself. So that is exactly what we're trying to do today with the gentleman who is already in his own right trying to change the world in a big way. So with that, we welcome Kamatni Rollins to the show. Hello, Kamatni. Chuck, thanks for having me. Really appreciate the honor. It is definitely my pleasure to have here. And you are the founder of Fit Fathers. So before we go any further with this, tell me what Fit Fathers is. Um, it's a, a nonprofit organization uh, that I manifested to help dads become more involved in new the nutritional aspect of child rearing. Um, of course, fitness and exercise is a key component, um, but we specifically want them to understand why it is important um, to feed their child nutritious foods that are based on fruits, vegetables, uh, whole grains, and those that lack um, uh, sugar processing um, and fast foods, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, you know, from my experience losing weight, I found that nutrition is at least 80 to 85 percent of the game as far as keeping the weight off and keeping healthy and exercise is although critical i mean is if you're just looking at keeping your system running clean and getting your nutrients man it's it's all about the nutrition yeah and and it's, it's kind of sad because society um they don't really think that food plays as an important role in not only disease prevention but also um keeping a homeostatic state, you know, for your body, um, keeping your cells clean, keeping your digestive system um, clean. And um, it's, it's, it's just really sad. And we need as many individuals as often as possible to help with this educational form. And it has to be done in manners in which these people feel comfortable speaking their language, sure. um, entering their scene. Um, commingling in their patterns. And once it becomes familiarity to them, um, eventually it will become the norm. Yeah, and I think that we also need to rethink um, what health is in this country. You know, you you think (laughs) about all these healthy things that we see. I mean, they're anything but. You look at all of these weight loss programs and all of these light foods that are in the stores, and man, like, there's really honestly not a daggone thing healthy about any of that. Even even the healthy things that they're marketing now to children, uh, you, you look at it and it's yeah. just kind of head scratching once you kind of learn a little bit about nutrition. I was speaking to a group of kids uh, just last week, um, first and third graders, and we was, I was talking about food labels and I was asking them, you know, simple questions about how many grams of sugar you think you should be eating, and you know, some of them had it right, but a lot of them were trying to name healthy foods, and I was like. You don't know if something's healthy until you turn around and look at the label. If mm-hmm. it has more than 10 ingredients, we automatically know it's probably not healthy. Um, <laughs> and they were naming things like box uh, macaroni and cheese. Hey. And I was like, that is definitely not healthy. There's no. about 50 ingredients in there. 
Um, but that's why parents have to do a better job with our kids because it's bad enough that we struggle in our generation and had to relearn at 30, 40. Um, so we want to be able to enrich our kids with the knowledge and information so they can make cognitive cognitive decisions early on. And that's just it. You said parents need to do a better job, but parents don't know. And that's exactly why you founded this organization. So what was what, what was the genesis of this? Was there some sort of event in your life or did you just kind of wake up one day after watching a documentary and say, hey, I need to do this? It was interesting because, um, you know, I played football at Georgia Tech and um, football players, they they treat us like farm animals. Mm. You know, they they feed us all these, uh, these, these, these processed products that accelerate our, our cellular growth, um, our muscular growth. And then after four years, they move on to another set of guys. Um, so, yeah, we were eating a, a lot of um, simple carbs, a lot of fat. Um, a lot of white foods, potatoes and pasta. And, you know, I was strong, and but I had gained 50 pounds after college, and I was having too much fun drinking, <laughs> <laughs> um, traveling. And I looked in the mirror, and I was like, this isn't me. I felt sluggish, lethargic, and I was nowhere close to my athletic prime. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to get it back. So I was working with Men's Health Magazine at the time on several projects, and he had their... Uh, um, their urban Athlon uh, races, which was like a half marathon and seven obstacle courses. And granted, I was a sprinter, so I've never ran more than a mile in my life. Right. So I was like, all right, here's the ultimate challenge. I'm going to just do it. And I'm one of those individuals where there's really no in-between. The pendulum is either all the way left or all the way right. Yeah. So um, I went all in. And as I'm studying, you know, just physical fitness and training i'm like what separates top athletes from one another and then i start coming across athletes like rich roll and scott jarrick and they were all Mm plant-based so i decided to read their books and rich roll he i I felt connected to him because he made the same decision around the same time you know he was a a prolific uh, high school swimmer and then after that he lost his way and around 35 he said he did the same thing looked in the mirror and was like I'm going to make a change today. Right. And the problem with people when they make lifestyle changes is that they put a future date on it. They're like, you know what? In three weeks, I'm going to start. So by the time that three weeks get here now and their mindset is somewhere totally different, they may not be, their mindset might not be as reinforced and strengthened as the day uh, they made the proclamation. So I tell people, if you have that first thought, go ahead and enact it. Like, what are you waiting for? Right. Um, so that's kind of the that was my story. And once I completed the race um, on a plant based diet, I was like, I'm not going back. Good man. Mm-hmm. And so at what point then did you decide, like, we need to pay this forward down to the next generation? So <clears throat> about a couple months afterwards, you know, I travel for a living. I'm a journalist and I write about various things, um, including, you know, just indigenous uh, getaways. Uh, like I have, I'm very fond of East Asia, you know. I love traveling to Vietnam. Yeah, Thailand. you just got back from Vietnam, right? Vietnam, yes. We rode a hundred mile my, miles mountain biking in the back country and exploring vegan foods, and it was just fascinating <laughs> <laughs> how simple life is yeah. and how happy people are with with little things sure. compared to the consumerism in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you know, being that I have two daughters, they're growing up vegan, and, you know, I just wanted to share the love. Right. And I decided to just start a platform using myself as a barometer. And I'm also a poet, so I'm always trying to figure out, you know, words and, 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 and rhymes. And in a dream, Fit Fathers came to me. Right. And uh, I just I just put it to life. And it just started taking off. You know, people was like, yo, what's going What's up with this Fit Fathers? Like, I want to I want to get down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about six months later, I was like, all right, I'm going to make it official. And, you know, we took out the, uh, uh, the trademarks and um, – and started the website, and it just blew up. And I use all my my skill sets from my previous company, um, Automotive Rhythms, to launch this one. So it didn't really take long at all. Um, and we started hosting what we call social workouts, which are free events in the community, mm-hmm. and people are commingling and having fun um, and working out at the same time. And that kind of uh, you know was the genesis of, of the movement. So now you look around, you obviously see that obesity in children is a huge, just it's an epidemic in the United States. I mean, it's it's just got awful. I was an obese child myself. And mm. since I was a little kid, I mean, that <laughs> the rate of obesity has just exploded. And it has to do with those processed foods, that blue box macaroni and cheese that you were talking about. <laughs> but now you're you're educating fathers and you're trying to get the kids healthy. So how do you even begin that dialogue with the fathers? What is the first thing that you tell them? Um, the first thing I tell them is that I'm not trying to uh, propose my vegan lifestyle to you. What I'm proposing is that you increase your intakes of fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. Because the sad thing is that only two percent of Americans, you know, meet the RDA for fiber. And you know, fiber is like our broom, and it keeps our digestive system clean, collects cholesterol, pushes it out. Um, so I want them to understand that from a, a very simplistic standpoint. First of all you know, of why they may be backed up or why they're feeling ill, um, why they're feeling sluggish, or why, you know, they're pre-diabetics because um, they're, they're not pushing out um, <clears throat> the chemicals, the sugars um, that's, that they're putting in their bodies. And they're fascinated over simple things, and then they look at me. I'm 44, and they're like, man, you still look like you got it. <laughs> and I'm like, I do still got it. Yeah, man. Um and I feel confident about it, and I want people to know that just because you hit 40, um, you know, you, your body doesn't have to keep slowing down. The metabolism will a little bit, but if you keep it fired up, it's going to keep working proficiently for you. Um, case in point, at the Washington Auto Show, which we created a uh, art display for, for kids to come in, these STEM kids for kids to come in and paint on cars, uh, we had a little friendly arm wrestling competition and my DJ friend was promoting me on the mic as, uh, you know, a vegan athlete. Anybody that can <laughs> beat this vegan athlete will win these gift cards. And short story, I went 5-0. and oh. There you go. My man. And, you know, I'm talking about veganism and eating cauliflower wings as I'm beating these guys, like chastising them. That's and great. they were so upset, but they couldn't understand it. And I explained to them, I'm like, listen, you don't need – all that protein, you know, that's not the key to proper health. And that's what people think once you go vegan, like where's the protein coming from? It's the complex car- carbs that the body wants to convert to glucose for its fuel. 
You know, and and I've actually had the opportunity to speak with a lot of athletes recently, even football players. DJ Swearinger of the, of the Redskins mm-hmm. um, went out to Redskins Park and and interviewed him. He's an interesting cat. Like <laughs> you would look at him and you would say, "Man, this guy's not plant based, man." But you sit down and he is just an encyclopedia of this stuff. Like he and That's his girlfriend, great. like they sit down and they like they will pull out JAMA, like the studies, and they will like go hard on this and like really break it down, and then. I had to make me a smoothie, and I'm telling you, Kamani, it was the best thing ever. Look, here, here's here's how hardcore he is. He had the Redskins get him a Vitamix and make him a freezer where he's got all of his stuff like stacked up and ready to go. All he needs wow. to do in between practices come in there and throw it in the blender and and go. Of course, cool. you know, like he'll drink two or three of those big ones, you know, right. before practice. That's a lot of fiber before practice. He said he didn't have a problem. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you get hit too hard, that could exactly. be a problem. But exactly. So far, so good, man. <laughs> but anyway, there, you know, there's a big trend um, with with athletes there. But I think for you, just sitting across the table for you, like, the biggest part here, I I would assume that it's your own children that are the inspiration for this. Yes. Yes, and each of them play various sports. One is actually plays like four sports, and mm. um, she has something practice every day set on saturday she's doing two sports like she's practicing jump rope for three hours and then she's going to either basketball or soccer um so the goal is to educate them on why we went plant-based and to let them know what foods provide what nutrients vitamins and minerals so she's like hey dad i need some more c and you know i'm like eat a mango or orange you know that's great um, dad i need some uh where, where can i get some um <clears throat> Uh, some more fiber from and I'm like well you know any plant or fruit is fiber um, so it it feels good when you bring in the education component of it because now they have the why to all of their questions um, so if they well my my oldest is in a senior now so she's experimenting with other foods as we thought she would because of peer pressure sure but she knows if something goes wrong why it went wrong right you know, she starts breaking out, you know, um, with acne. She knows it's because of the dairy. Um, and they have to make those decisions for themselves now that they have um, the formula that that they grew up with from for our sure. household. For sure. I, I'm just really blown away that your kids would be having those conversations with you. Like, I need more C. What can I eat to get that? Like, mm-hmm. that to me is a conversation I've never heard a child having with their parent. Yeah, like... I, I didn't learn about omega threes or flaxseed until like five years ago. <laughs> so now she's putting flaxseeds in her smoothies, and she knows why because she needs omega three. Um, so it's it's pretty fascinating. I mean, we know that kids are learning faster now with technology. Um, so instead of you know them spending all their time on social media and Snapchat, then you know why not on recipes? I mean, both of them are little chefs, so um, they have their specialty recipes. You know, one does a, a nice tofu scramble with kale. Um, the other does a, a nice spinach, a whole grain pasta. Um, so, you know, I, di- I didn't know how to cook when I was younger. The right. only thing I, I knew was what? Bacon and eggs. I knew how to fry some bacon and eggs. Right, right. That's about it. Right. You from the South? No, I'm from uh, Camden, New Jersey. Oh, all right. I was about That's a Southern staple right there with some grits <laughs> on the side, man. Well, we did. Uh, we did the cream of wheat instead of the grits. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> With a lot of sugar in it. Of course. I remember Brown those. sugar? Did you go? Nah, there was no brown sugar around. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that big five-pound bag of white sugar. <laughs> you put like four teaspoons in your cereal and your oatmeal. and Yeah, that's all. 
that's the whole thing, man. It was bad. Um, real quick here before we let you go, I, I'm curious. Talk to me about a success story that you've had working with a father who's come back to you and said, man, I can't believe the change that I've seen in my kid. I'm sure you've been doing this now for a number of years. I'm sure that's had to have happened. Actually, it just happened this weekend. Um, I saw one of our fit fathers from New York who was down in D.C. He came to uh, our exhibit, and I haven't seen him in a while. And he was like, uh, Kay, uh, when I first had my son, those first couple years, I was on the fit fathers program and, you know, doing the smoothies and lots of fruits. And I mean, he was just super healthy. And he was like, then I had to go back to New York. So the mom was primarily, you know, taking care of him and making the nutritional decisions. And now he's like breaking out with all type of, uh, you know, skin problems and mm. um, sweats at night. And, you know, he doesn't have the energy he used to have. And I need you to help her because I'm not around. Sure. So she actually um, came up to the show and we all sat down and talked about, you know, some some recipes and, um, you know, using the site as a tool. And um, like I said, I always promote others documentaries so she can understand why. Um, like we talk about forks over knives and, and case studies. Um, so, yeah, she's she's vowed to, uh, you know, bring him back to the nutritional greatness that dad had him at in the beginning. It's just that she didn't know. And she said it like, well, I was unaware of what was really healthy or not. Yeah. You know, I thought this was cool because that's yeah. how I grew up. Yeah. Um, so it feels good when people come to you um, um, for help. Um, and, and you can be a positive influence uh, on their lifestyle. Man, that's that's tremendous. Um, and your website is? Fitfathers.com. All right. Now, you also, you're going to be doing, uh, you've got a big event coming up in June, correct? Fit Father's Day? Yes. Yeah, so Fit Father's Day is our annual uh, fundraiser, and it's downtown Silver Spring. Uh, last year, we had about 600 people come out. Excellent. We have a group workout, and then we have uh Actually, Physicians Committee always supports us. Um, you've exhibited a few years or sent materials. Um, and and we have vendors, you know, healthy plant-based vendors and, and, and athletic wear and just an overall healthy life. You know, people coming together and uh, exchanging information. Um, so it, it feels good. So this will be our fifth, our fifth year now. That's for cool. Fit Father's Day. I like that. That's, that's <laughs> catchy. Uh, and this this podcast is literally heard worldwide, including in Vietnam, where you just were. So uh, that's Silver Spring, Maryland. I don't know if you want to make the journey across the pond to come to this, but you're certainly welcome to. Well, that's the event itself. Now, the initiation online is all for messaging, too. There you go. The whole goal is that you wake up on Father's Day and do something with your family that's life-enhancing, opposed to something that's... Uh, you know, degrade into your lifestyle, you know, so it can be worldwide. And right now it is national because we have various, uh, we have various uh, recipes and, and commitments that you can partake in um, and samples of different activities that you and the family can do on Father's Day, whether it's going for a 5K or uh, a small hike uh, or, you know, just going to the park and playing a few games. And then after that, you can maybe go, eat the brunch but still be cognizant <laughs> of how much you put in your belly because people don't realize our stomach is only size of our 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 hand right 
Um, and then uh, closer back to the uh, the D.C. area again, coming up in, I believe it's March, you're doing something up in Baltimore? Yeah, March 31st, it's a nonprofit group called Earth Save Baltimore, and they're a plant-based organization. Um, and they bring in about 30 or 40 people um, to listen to a guest speaker talk about why they went plant-based. Uh, and that's uh, March 31st at 6 p.m. at Govins Presbyterian Church, 5828 York Road, Baltimore. And again, uh, that whole familiarity familiarity allows people um, to make better decisions because now they don't feel like it's an anomaly uh, if they see so many of their peers doing it. Cool, man. Well, I tell you what, we're going to put a link up to your site and uh, also the information for the uh, Baltimore event. We're going to put that up on PCRM.org. So hopefully people uh, at least listening in the Washington, D.C. and Baltimore area can go and check you out. If not, certainly head on over to uh, FitFathers.com and a lot of great content there, man. You were you are changing the world and you're doing it the right way, man. You are targeting kids and that is just you're bringing up the next generation and that's really where it needs to start. I appreciate it. I think we always put on this life to do something positive for humanity and I found my calling card and I'm going to go full force with it. Right on. Kamatney Rollins. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Chuck. Great story from Kitmani there. Just an amazing human being and, and really doing his best to pay things forward and helping out the children and the next generation. And I think that that is what's most important as we see the obesity epidemic continue to progress in this country. Getting uh, to our youngsters is, is really the way to move forward and make progress on that. But we move forward here on the exam room brought to you by the Physicians Committee, and we welcome in nurse practitioner Gretchen Housel. Gretchen, hello. Hi. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure making the trek all the way down from the fourth floor down here to the studio on the second. Got to get my cardio in. Yes, right. it's important. Well, going back upstairs. I mean, I don't know how much cardio there is walking down two flights of stairs. Every step counts. I like your attitude. I really like where you're coming from. Uh, Valentine's Day. That is kind of the theme of this episode. Valentine's. You can't have Valentine's without what? Heart health. That's right. (laughs) Heart's heart health. So let's talk about heart health. And um, before we actually get going on that, I know that you you kind of had this recent injury and it kind of led to some random blood work. And talk to me about that. Yeah. So um, I just had my cholesterol checked last week Mm -hmm. because I fell down the stairs and broke my toe. And at the time I thought, you know, it's been a while since I've had my cholesterol checked. Um, So I did. And I saw that it was great. And I didn't, wasn't surprised by that. You know, I follow a healthy plant-based lifestyle. I exercise regularly. But I thought, you know, let me compare it to see if I have any other cholesterol panel that I've done previously. And I found one that I had done when I was 22 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got a, I got decent results at that point. I wasn't told that my cholesterol was high. Even looking at it now, if I got a patient's cholesterol panel back that looked like that, I'd say, you know, that that's fine. I'm not going to do anything about it. Sure. I'm not going to celebrate, but I'm also not going <laughs> to put her put him or her on medications or anything. Um, so I yeah, I had my I compared the two. 
this most recent one um, to the one from a while back, and I saw that my my total cholesterol went from the 190s to 140s, which is great. And then my bad cholesterol, which is the one that we're most worried about when it comes to heart disease, that dropped by like 38 points. Look at you. Which in percentage terms is about 35%. um, And that's the same sort of drop that you see with cholesterol medications. So, you know, things like Lipitor, you know, the most popular, one of the most popular drugs in the country. Sure. Um, And so you see the same sort of uh, result with a plant-based diet. And and I think what's interesting is that when I was 22, I thought I was following a decent diet. Right. I've been a meat avoider most of my life. I ate occasional cheese, but nothing excessive. Um, so I had a healthy diet back then. And even still, there was a 30 to 50 point gain to be made in my cholesterol. Isn't isn't that amazing how, yeah. you know, these, and it sounds like just a small change in your diet paid this huge dividend. Yeah. Uh, that that yeah. to me speaks volumes about wh- why we work so hard here yeah. on preventative medicine, you yeah. know, medicine through nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. And for anyone who's already following a plant-based diet, even still, there are improvements that can be made in most cases. We mm-hmm. have people that come in and they're vegan and their cholesterol can be high. Right. And we make a few changes and we still can make some improvements yeah. there. It's funny that you say that because I've got Dr. Uh, Steve Niebuhr coming up later on in the program. I actually just had a slew of blood work done yeah. uh, just to check it up because nobody's really kind of um, looked over... Uh, what it's like to go vegan after gastric bypass surgery. You Google it. There's not a whole lot of information no. out there. So um, I got the blood work back. I'm going to save that for that particular <laughs> show. But there is room for improvement. I'm doing very well in certain areas. Yeah. But but the hint is that uh, the areas that you would expect for levels to be low following that type of procedure, still low on a mm-hmm. vegan diet. Okay. So so the goal here, Gretchen, is then to try to figure out a way to boost those levels without supplementation. Is that even possible? I don't know, but we're going to find uh, out. You will find out. Uh, one thing that was not a problem for me was cholesterol, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there are a lot of people listening, especially those who are just curious about the vegan diet, uh, don't even know how cholesterol negatively impacts heart health. So yeah. that is the first question question for you. Yeah. So if you think about what what cardiovascular disease is, it's a buildup of plaque inside your blood vessels. You have blood vessels all throughout your body. You have them in your heart. That's your coronary arteries. You have them in your brain, your legs, arms, everywhere. Yeah. And cholesterol is what causes those plaques to build up. So the cholesterol, given the right environment, um, can stick to the inside of the walls. Mm -hmm. And then that causes narrowing. um, And you hope that all it does is narrow. Sometimes it breaks off, causes things like a heart attack or um, a stroke. So cholesterol is, it, you know, that's that's the issue, yeah, right, when right. it comes to cardiovascular disease. So, and and fiber is kind of the counter to that, isn't it? I mean, fiber yeah. is just so good for so many things, but particularly <laughs> with cholesterol, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So in particular, soluble fiber, mm-hmm. um, and most of the time, so. Fiber exists exclusively in plant foods, and most plants have a mix of soluble and insoluble fiber, so you never really quite know which one you're getting. Um, But certain foods like oatmeal, apples, beans tend to be higher in soluble fiber, which is best for lowering cholesterol. Um, Yeah. And, you know, you look at the standard American diet, high in cholesterol, high in salt, high in sugar, high in so many things. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The one that always gets focused on a ton is also high in fat, particularly saturated fat and trans fats. So again, kind of in layman's terms, talk to me about the effect that that has on the old ticker. Yeah, yeah. So saturated fat is what increases cholesterol the most, particularly the LDL bad cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that there's definitely a large cohort of the population with, you know, things like Time Magazine saying butter is back, that people are all of a sudden thinking that saturated fat is is okay. Um, We know that it's not. Results, uh, research studies overwhelmingly confirm Mm -hmm. that saturated fat continues to be a a, uh, problematic for developing heart disease. Um, And so much so that the American Heart Association last Last year, they published published a uh, presidential advisory about saturated fat because mm-hmm. I think that they were s- so upset that um, all these organizations, you know, podcasts, books, and things were saying that saturated fat was okay, and they're really just worried about it from a public health perspective. So they had to put out this presidential advisory saying, no, <laughs> we still need to watch our saturated fat. Right. Um, so yeah, saturated fat is an issue and then trans fat is an issue as well. So trans fat, um, you will look at, um, an ingredients label for a food and it'll say partially hydrogenated, some sort of vegetable oil that partially hydrogenated makes a fat into a trans fat and trans fats are, are really, really bad bad things. Um, so much so that we're in the process now as a country of banning them completely. Uh-huh. They're supposed to be out of the food supply by June of this year. Um, wow. Hopefully we're getting towards progress, there. Progress. Right, right. Um, and one interesting study about the, the trans fat story was that um, New York City um, in many co- counties in New York State, they implemented trans fat bans. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years ago, and already they've seen results. So that's just without having trans fats in like their restaurants and their fast food places. They've seen improvements in um, the number of people that are coming to hospitals for heart attack and stroke. Oh, so we're great. already seeing the benefits of it, which is fantastic. New York, uh, the city is, is very progressive as far as health because yeah. it was just a few years ago that they clamped down on the size of sodas that could be right, served. Right. Um, and I know that there's a lot of pushback and that's controversial in some circles. But as you just said, there's no question that it's paying dividends when it comes to health. Yeah. And what also struck me about what you were just saying there is partially hydrogenated oils. A lot of people see that on the ingredients list. They won't even know what the heck that is. Right. And so right. here it is, this super unhealthy fat. If it was just listed on the ingredients label, as unhealthy fat, people would totally think twice about picking it up. Right, but it's in Greek, and nobody has any idea what partially hydrogenated oils are. I I don't even know how one would partially hydrogenate anything. (laughs) I honestly don't know the method. Yeah, right? Um, You know, something that is often high in fat, even when it's uh, trim and lean, is is meat. Um, what, What is the link between meat, and I guess in particular red meat, when it comes to heart disease? Yeah, so so red meat, you know, we just talked about saturated fat, cholesterol. Um, So red meat, other meats as well are high in 
those two, um, you know, cholesterol and saturated fat. Um, also, some meat and dairy products also have trans fats naturally in them. So it's mm. not just something that is in, you know, made in a lab. Can These are naturally occurring. Um, so just in meat and dairy products in, in general. There are, there are small amounts. It's okay. naturally occurring, okay. but it's there, yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. Um, so would you say that red meat is, is the worst offender out of all the meats? Yeah, yeah. More, uh, so, more so than pork? <laughs> well, to compare, um, so I looked up the nutrition facts for a steak. Mm-hmm. And there's about eight grams of saturated fat in a steak, 100 grams of steak. So this is a steak about the size of the palm of your hand. Right. Comparing that to a skinless chicken breast that has about one gram of saturated fat. Mm-hmm. So steak has eight times as much, which I, you know, fact checked that a few times to right. be like, is this really right. the case? Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that they both have similar amounts of cholesterol. Hmm. So that just goes to show that all meat in general, you know, cholesterol only exists in food from animal sources. So right. meat, dairy, and eggs. Um, so uh, who, who knew? Uh, but, you know, you say that the meat serving size there is the size of your palm. Who yeah. do you know that eats a steak that's the size of their palm? I'm not even sure that that's on any menu at any steakhouse ever. Well, at the PCRM office, nobody's eating any of it. Well, naturally, naturally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, you think you go out to eat. I mean, Americans are just sitting down to these ginormous steaks that I'm telling you are about the size of this five-by-five five table that we're sitting in front of. Exactly, it's exactly. Huge. And so you're saying, like, that's the average steak. And so I'm wondering, what mm-hmm. about a cut of prime rib, which is equal exactly. parts fat and meat, which really hasn't even been cooked all that much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's amazing. (laughs) You got to figure that there's uh, just an inordinate amount of unhealthy stuff going on with the prime rib in particular. Right, right. And the fact that people just gobble down the fat like they do the meat when you eat that, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's the au jus that makes it palatable. I just don't know. Right. other than red meat, uh, what what are some other sinful foods that could sabotage the heart on this Valentine's Day? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, you know, we've talked about saturated fat, cholesterol, right. to say it again. Also, salt is up there on the list mm-hmm. um, as being not great for heart health. And so the number one source, actually, in this country of saturated fat is cheese. Uh-huh. Number two is pizza, which let's be honest, that's just a, a cousin of cheese. And so it's really high in salt, sugar, uh, not sugar, salt, um, saturated fat, cholesterol, um, really problematic dairy in general. Yeah. Yeah. So any, anything with a lot of dairy. That, yeah. That's, that's just a dagger for the pizza lovers out there. <laughs> I know is. that there are <laughs> vegan uh, cheeses available. I assume that those, uh, when it comes to cholesterol and salt and things, those are a little bit healthier, are they not? Right. Yeah. So they won't have cholesterol, but they may be very high in fat. So, Right. Yeah. Uh, oil heavy, aren't they? Yes. Most yeah. of them are. Yeah, Read the that. ingredients and... The ones that look less like a chemistry set are the ones you would want to aim for. <laughs> there are some very, very good plant-based cheeses out there, though, now that uh, just have things like cashews and water and some enzymes to make it a cheese. So, right. Yeah. So I think that the best bet that I've learned since being vegan is always to make your own stuff. You, you kind of, by necessity, become a whiz in the kitchen. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you, re- you really have to, because even with... These healthier options. I mean, you you go and you pick up these chicken patties, 
it does read like a chemistry set. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. that ingredients list is as long as my arm. Yeah. And I think that that can turn some people off from a vegan or vegetarian diet because they think that they're p- replacing their skinless chicken breast right. with a product that has 50 ingredients. And they say, well, that can't be healthy. Right. right. I think I'm going to stick to the chicken breast. Right. Um, but really, if you were to compare that chicken breast to a handful of beans, black beans, garbanzo. We love legumes here at PCRM. So That's a fun word, isn't it? Legume. It is. <laughs> Never gets old. Um, so making the switch to that, uh, you know, whole plant food, beans, legumes, compared to the, the chicken patty. Sure. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, healthier stuff. Hearts are red. Yes. So what are some yeah. healthy red foods that we should be eating, Gretchen? Well, I think... A good dietary advice for anybody, plant-based folks, omnivores, anybody, is to try to eat the colors of the rainbow as much as you can. So Mm -hmm. red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. Try to have those in your life, ideally breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, a few colors on your plate. Right. So red, that's the first one. Um, So anything, any plant, any whole plant foods, you really, it's hard to go wrong. Honestly, it is. So, you know, cherries, tomatoes, bell peppers, Many of the berries, raspberries, strawberry, grapes, mm-hmm. um, strawberries. Yeah, they're really, really good for you. Um, so increasing, increasing red, but also all the other colors of the rainbow are great too. You know what? What I really like about eating the rainbow, like you can get that done <laughs> in one shot if you just get some uh, rainbow shard. Like that, that has yes. every color. Like you are set, man. Like if yes. if you get that yes. shard, man, you are good to go. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes the beauty of these foods, I find just jaw dropping. It's like, wow, oh. that is that's pretty, and I want to take a picture and send it to friends. <laughs> I, I know, right? Well, I mean, you're you're super active on the gram. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that you will have no problem being a photog for food. I think that that's wonderful. Perhaps <laughs> right. that's a that's a budding hobby and a part time career. Perhaps, perhaps a, a side hustle, as they say. Uh-huh. Um, we've talked about cholesterol. Let's talk about specifically then reversing and preventing heart disease. Heart yeah. disease is just a huge problem here in the U.S. Is it yeah. the number one killer? It is, absolutely. Yeah. The studies, not surprisingly, here at the Physicians Committee show that plant-based diets can actually prevent and or reverse heart disease. Yeah. How is yeah. that possible, especially, especially when it comes to reversing heart disease? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good question. And actually, heart disease and uh, hearing about plant-based diets in relationship to heart disease, that's what got me interested in it. Um, So back in 2011, Bill Clinton came out and he said, you know, I had bypass surgery not too long ago and my bypasses, one of them clogged up Mm. and I had to get a couple stints. And people were thinking, like, wait, what? Like, I thought bypass surgery, that was it. And his doctor said to him, well, you didn't change a whole lot about your life. And so, of course, the same disease that was there is going to affect the, the bypasses that are now in your heart. Right. Um, and so one of the doctors that he consulted to, you know, finally stop this disease was Dr. Dean Ornish. And Dr. Ornish in uh, 1990 published a study in The Lancet showing how a... Um, a, a low-fat, whole foods, plant-based diet with some other interventions as well, you know, like meditation and um, exercise and things, was able to see a regression in um, heart disease. Um, so in, in the um, experimental group, the people who actually did this, 82% of the people saw some sort of regression in their um, 
So this is in the arteries that are clogged in their heart. Right. Yeah, it's just amazing. And I remember Bill Clinton, when he first took office, I mean, I was still, I believe, in elementary school, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, elementary. Man, I'm getting old. Anyway, uh, the big deal about him was he loved him some McDonald's. I mean, that was his bit. So so to hear that, you know, he needed to go back and have some stints put in, not exactly shocking. But you look at him today and, like, he really looks like he's still doing well. Yeah, absolutely. And he talks about the food that he eats now and he says that he loves it and i i do think once you shift your focus from um, all the options that you can have on a plant-based diet all these various vegetables you know we just named off a dozen red foods that you can have and really shifting your focus to the positive all these new flavors and things you hadn't been eating before um, can definitely make you feel feel great i don't know anybody even the most hardcore of carnivore i don't know anybody who switched to a vegan diet that hasn't absolutely loved it Yeah, because there are so many flavors that you can even match your favorites from your previous Mm -hmm. diet. Absolutely. And then, as you said, I mean, it just broadens your horizon so Mm -hmm. much. You're going to be trying new flavors that you never had before. Yeah. And your body for the first time is going to feel truly nourished. Yes. One of my favorite parts about being vegan, fruit. Uh, Just an abundance of fruit. (laughs) Like, it's sweet. I don't consider myself to have a sweet tooth, but I can't go a day without having at least two or three pieces of fruit. And I know that you love you some mandarin oranges, those little things. Um, (laughs) Talk to me specifically about the roles that fruits play when it comes to preventing heart disease. Yeah, yeah. Fruit is, I I think when... When we talk about good nutrition, everybody always says vegetables, right? Leafy greens. Sure, like these yeah. are great. But fruit is also really healthful as well. So um, really high in fiber, yes. Um, high in antioxidants. And one of the underlying uh, mechanisms for how cardiovascular disease develops is this kind of low-grade inflammation that's around. Mm-hmm. And so fruit high in antioxidants helps reduce some of that inflammation. So I read the craziest statistic a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was published in the JAMA, so, you know, a very prestigious uh, medical journal that said if people just added one serving of fruit today, uh, fruit per day, they think that they could reduce the amount of uh, heart attacks and strokes by tens of thousands of years. Wow. And I was just blown away. Wow. <laughs> blown Again, away. That's what we're talking about. Like yeah. minor changes in the diet pay off huge. They and do, with the yeah. amount of people that die every year of heart disease they and know. stroke, right. heart attacks, that is a right. staggering figure. And all we're talking right. about is really eating an apple a day to take the doctor away. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's all it takes. Yeah. So in these studies, when you see, oh, it reduced you know risk of cardiovascular disease by six or eight percent people are like oh well what's that well when six hundred thousand people are dying a year two thousand some odd a day that's many many lives that you are saving just by these little changes i wonder then what would happen statistically speaking if people ate two apples a day or an apple and an orange <laughs> we'd have an overpopulation problem uh, <laughs> it's not sustainable people um as we kind of touched on in the beginning, especially with Kimanti's uh, interview, we got to do something about the kids. Because yeah. one of the things yeah. that I've been reading recently is that you think of heart disease as really being an adult problem. Right. But because the standard American diet is so poor and we're eating s- foods that are 
just they're empty calories. Yeah. They're high in fat. Yeah. They're high in salt. Yeah. They're high in everything that's just not good for you. Right. We're starting to see cases of heart disease trickle down to adolescents. Absolutely. As a nurse practitioner, somebody yeah. working in the medical field, that's got to be like really eye opening yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, so heart disease, cardiovascular disease, it's not when you're 50 years old, you have a heart attack. That's right. not when you get heart disease. Right. You've had heart disease just hasn't shown its true colors yet, but you've had that for decades and decades. So even in children as young as 10, they see the beginning, you know, the fatty streaks inside the arteries of these children who are following a standard American diet. So it's a progressive disease. Um, and so, you know, speaking back to my own cholesterol panel and um, the changes that I made after hearing Bill Clinton's story about heart disease, people said to me, Gretchen, you, you don't have heart disease. You're right. acting like you've had a, uh, you know, two or three heart attacks. Why, why are you so worried about it. Sure. I assume that I had heart disease. Right. Um, you know, I was following a pretty standard American diet, a little bit better than a standard American diet, but the disease is there. It's just, um, it's accumulative. So, you know, it's the number one killer of Americans. So let's all assume that we probably have some degree of it. Well, that's just a positive <laughs> thought, isn't it? Eat your vegetables. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so, I mean, geez, that makes me think because I was so overweight for so long and in my formative years. I mean, seriously, yeah. I was in the triple digits, mm -hmm. like maybe in the third grade, maybe in the second wow, grade. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm, I would love to go back and be able to get a scan of the arteries at that I know, point. I, I mean, know. I would hope that I've undone a lot of that damage Probably now. Probably so, yeah. Um, but man, I just, I kick myself to think that even still with this healthy diet, if there's any part of it that was irreversible, that I did that to myself because mm -hmm. I wasn't smart enough mm -hmm. to know better, man, that's a tough pill for me to swallow there, yeah. Gretchen. But you're doing it now. You're I'm trying my best. The talk. Um, leafy greens in particular, is that something that I know we talked about fruit, yeah. but leafy greens, yeah. is that something in particular that kids should be focusing on? Yeah. Um, leafy greens for adults, for children, for everybody. They're great for cardiovascular health. They're great for bone health. They're really the most nutrient dense of all the foods. Um, and leafy greens in particular are really high in uh, nitrates, which helps your blood vessels dilate. Mm -hmm. So when people are struggling really with blood pressure and we want to make their blood vessels you know, dilate to lower the pressure, that can help uh, most definitely so. So leafy greens are fantastic. So let me let me ask you this, Miss Nurse Practitioner. How healthy is my standard smoothie? This is this is my go-to. <laughs> this is a Chuck Carroll exclusive. I start with the KS base. That's my kale and spinach base. Don't mm, bite that. Okay. That's patented. KS <laughs> base. Uh, then I add in uh, frozen tropical fruit. So that's got yeah. mango, banana, and strawberry. Sometimes yeah. uh, I'll throw in um, a little extra banana if I want to thicken it up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a little bit of pineapple, some apple, and some carrots. So I put all that in the old Vitamix and mm -hmm. mix it around. Yeah, yeah. Healthy, not healthy? Am I doing myself <laughs> a lot of good? Should I be adding? Should I be subtracting? Yeah. yeah. In general, um, you know, Barnard Medical Center, we see a fair amount of people that are trying to lose weight. Right. And one thing that is true when you drink your calories is that the the mechanisms that tell your body that it's had enough they can't quite keep up with how fast the smoothie's being thrown down the hatch, right? Mm -hmm. And I also so. You tend to consume more calories that way. Right. Um, I'm glad that yours is full of, uh, you know, leafy green vegetables and all sorts of really great stuff. Um, but sometimes people have, you know, just an abundance of, of other things. Right. And, you know, they'll have 
you know, half their counters full of all these things that they're going to put into a smoothie, which then right. turns into this really dense food. And I say, would you ever sit down and eat all that? Right. And in general, they, they wouldn't. So right. they, they can help um, add some pounds to people's um, waistlines. Right. And I know that that's kind of a tricky yeah. line to, to follow. And exactly. I think that you just, you hit on it. It's kind of common sense. Would you sit down yeah. to eat it? The truth of the matter is, I would. You know, I would sit down yeah, and I would great. eat that. I'm yeah. not like... I don't want you to think that I'm drinking an entire Vitamix pitcher right, of smoothie. Right, like, right. you know, we're talking like maybe two, two and a half cups. That's really all yeah, I can, yeah. I can do at one time anyway. So sounds pretty helpful. I, I think know. you're doing okay. I, I'm enjoying it. But yeah. it's, you know, people do have to be careful because I know a lot of these recipes call for, you know, a ton of almond butter or peanut butter. Yeah, you know, they're doing yeah. these healthy shakes, which you look at it calorically speaking, fat, right, all that right. stuff. And you can consume it in about four seconds, depending yeah. on the size of your straw. Yeah, right. Yeah. The extra wide straws. You remember those as a kid? It's like, how much can I get in my mouth and how quickly can I do it? Yeah. Uh, I want to end with this. Uh, let's end on a super positive note. I want to give some tips on ways to boost heart health this Valentine's Day, because I think that that is super, super important. Um, just aside from going full on plant based, if somebody's not ready to do that, give mm-hmm. me some tips on the best ways that they can uh, just overall improve their yeah. heart health. So number one thing to do is quit smoking mm-hmm. if you're a smoker. A really sad story. I took care of a patient as a nurse in the hospital on the cardiac floor, and she had been a smoker for decades, and she always knew that it affected her lungs, but right. she was an avid tennis player and was like, I feel great, no problems with my lungs. I'm doing all right. She had no idea that smoking affects uh, her cardiovascular health, and she was there because she had just had, I don't know if she had a stent or, or bypass mm. surgery, but... Um, yes, most definitely smoking is the number one thing that people can do. Uh, other things, exercising regularly. So American Heart Association guidelines are to do 30 minutes of some sort of thing to get your heart rate up five days a week. So brisk walking, you know, cycling, a slow jog, um, just trying to get yourself moving. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I think that th- that's a big one for me is is just getting that exercise. And a lot of people think that that requires a gym membership and they need to go yeah. two hours a day, yeah. five yeah. days a week, and they burn out and then they just right. become couch potatoes right. again. Right. The best way that I've found to make sure that you get that exercise in is utilize your lunch break for that. Go yeah. out and take a yeah. walk. Yeah. That's that was a big part of how I lost all of this weight. Yeah. And it's, again, so simple. Yeah. And then after work, you don't have to worry about exactly. going to the gym. You're exactly. tired. You want to go exactly. home. You want to spend time with your family. The last thing you want to do is, is go hop on yeah. a treadmill with 18,000 other people. Right, right. And it's nice to do it at work because sometimes you can bring a coworker with you and exactly. then you can get caught up on all the office gossip and mm-hmm. anything else. So it helps, you know, not just your heart health. But, you know, we know that people who have strong social relationships also tend to do better in the long term and um, live many more decades of healthy life. So making it something you enjoy, you know, talking to a buddy while you're doing some exercise is fantastic. Yeah, that office gossip. It's like 90210 around here. (laughs) <laughs> Not at all. This this place is like the least gossipy place I've ever worked at. Uh, give, give me uh, some more tips here. Uh, managing stress. So exercise most definitely helps, but doing any sort of meditation is really great. Making sure that you're getting adequate sleep at night is also really important. That just sets your entire, you know, your, your stress hormones for the day if you haven't gotten a good night's rest. Um, for anybody who has sleep apnea, for example, making sure that that's being treated effectively because we know that it definitely um, is not great for your heart health to right. be in that chronic state of right. um, 
stress. So, you know, and then, of course, plant-based diets, whole foods, plant-based diet, no, no oil or minimal oil. Yeah. Not even olive oil. Oh, dear. No partially <laughs> hydrogenated vegetable oil? <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> off the list. So whole plant foods. Which, again, brings us back to fiber. And, of course, you should make fiber your friend. Uh, yes, it is. It should be your friend. Absolutely. Gretchen Housel, thank you so much for thank being here. Thank you for having me. Happy Valentine's Day. Hopefully Likewise. that, uh, you know, this will keep everybody's heart nice and healthy this Valentine's Day. I hope so. Just a little bit of chocolate is okay, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Delicious recipe time here on the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Of course, I'm the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, sitting across from me. Johnson & Wales graduate, registered dietitian, just all things awesome, Allie Lunning from the Barnard Medical Center. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. Now it is Valentine's Day, and everybody knows you got flowers, you've got hearts, and you've got... Chocolate, that's, chocolate, chocolate. That's right. <laughs> and so I'm looking at this beautiful creation that you have brought into the studio today and this is this is like the chocolate cake from heaven if you love chocolate you would be doing backflips over what's sitting in front of me right now what is this this is uh, a cake called the adonis cake actually mm. it's from rip esselson's book my beef with meat and it's a true true jackpot you know every time i've made this recipe it, it comes out perfectly. Uh, well, it looks perfect. You've got this whole thing flanked by strawberries on the outside, and then you've got chocolate dip strawberries on top of the cake, and then you've got chocolate swirls on top of the cake. Like, this is this is a chocolate lover's paradise. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of had fun with it there. All right. So <laughs> talk to me about the fun here. Uh, what What is in this Adonis cake? So the Adonis cake is a really simple formula of a uh, brown rice flour blend that mm -hmm. I used, or you could use whole wheat flour. Mm -hmm. Then you add some baking soda, and you actually add just regular unsweetened cocoa powder, and those are all the dry ingredients. Okay. Next step, wet. Uh-huh. Applesauce, maple syrup, water. That's it. No. Drop of vinegar is what makes the whole thing happen. The vinegar? Yep. Just like brings it all together flavor-wise or holds it together physically? Physically. So once that cake gets in the oven and you have that, you know, like a volcano. If yeah. You're in, like if you kind of think back to your medic school bus or yeah. all those roots when you add the baking soda with vinegar and it makes a volcano. Yeah. That's exactly what happens in the oven when you throw this thing together. Outstanding. Yeah. But it doesn't explode. It, it, it takes does. on the beautiful <laughs> no. shape. No, and I was watching. I was like, okay, because it's made for a nine by nine cake. This mm -hmm. is not a nine. I made it a tiny little cute cake. You could also take this recipe and make it into cupcakes. Um, so mm, that's you an know, idea. Yeah, that's, that's really idea. it's 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 very versatile. No, I think that this one would definitely get me out of the doghouse, no matter how yeah. badly I screw up. Like this is this is one to keep in my back pocket. And you couldn't get simpler with the frosting. Yeah, talk to me about the frosting here. It's it looks like chocolate, like whipped chocolate ganache. It's a really fancy thing to think about. Ganache. Ganache. But when you look at it, no, for a fact, it is just silken tofu with dark chocolate chunks that have been melted and whisked in mm -hmm. simple i think that what, of all the ingredients what, what are we up to like eight total between the cake and the frosting that's 
silly easy. Yeah. How long did it take you to put all this together? It takes 30 minutes to bake. Mm-hmm. And so I would say like I would estimate it overall average of 45 total for preparation and such. I'm going to throw you a curveball question and ask how much did all these ingredients cost? Uh, Just ballpark it. Ballpark, me. probably about 30 bucks. 30 bucks. And I guarantee that if you went and you bought this cake in the store, it's a vegan oh, cake, yeah. this is going to cost you close to 100 Easy. And I have leftover applesauce. I have leftover uh, brown rice flour. And I have maple syrup now in my pantry, which I didn't have before. So that cost ends up helping to keep your shelves uh, stocked for the next cake emergency that you might run into. Right on. Or you get you some vegan pancakes or waffles or whatever the case may be. Pancake time would be nice. Isn't it, though? Mm -hmm. It is cold outside. Uh, So anyway, now listen, with this being Valentine's Day and my wife being a lover of all things chocolate, I had to bring her in to taste test this because, frankly, I would be in the doghouse on Valentine's Day if I didn't bring her in. For this one. You know, so right. many times I uh, I tell her about these wonderful recipes and she's like, why didn't you bring any home, honey? I didn't have a dish. So this time I covered my bases and I said, honey, come on in. It's Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day. <laughs> and I'm excited to try this delicious looking cake. Um, I had no idea what was inside, what is involved in making this cake. I just know that it looks incredible. It looks like something I would find at a restaurant. Um with all of the chocolate and then the chocolate sprinkled on top and the strawberries dipped in chocolate, my mouth has been watering. I've been here now. <laughs> it feels like for almost an hour waiting to try this cake. So can we please cut into the cake? <laughs> Allie, would you do the honors, please, all so right. I can stay on her good side? That is a big knife. Let's get good into it. Lord, yeah. I'm glad I'm on your good side, too. <laughs> yeah. All this right. looks delicious. So now she is cutting the cake, and this thing looks dense too like yeah. this is this is not a cake for the faint of heart this right. is this is a serious cake we're, right here we're kind of changing the name of it to a chocolate fudge cake mm-hmm. as yeah. opposed to a donis chocolate fudge right i mean th- this uh, kind of reminds me of like a triple chocolate super cake that you would get in a restaurant mm-hmm. um man Jules. But you're right it is a chocolate lover's cake yeah oh there's That's no what question this is. there's no question See how big that, I mean, that piece has to weigh a pound. I was going to say, no, I could eat that whole piece. You just have to cut it in half. Right. I mean, so so you're you're listening at home. Like, I I can't possibly describe to you how dense this cake is. So now here's the the true barometer. Julie's got herself a little taste test coming. It's in the spoon. And Mm. survey says. This is so good. Mm. All I need is my, like, little soy milk. Mm-hmm. To go with this because it's so rich and so good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Bite number two. <laughs> Allie Lunning with another home run. Mm-hmm. So all things told, you know, 30 bucks in about an hour of your time and you're mm. good to go. There's no doghouse for you. This recipe mm. is so darn easy. I would highly recommend it for anybody who needs a quick fix for recipe. And, and the best part about this is that no one can see me licking the plate. That's how good it is. <laughs> you know it's good when you lick the plate afterwards. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so we got ourselves a home run and we're of course going to put this recipe up on pcrm.org slash podcast and a picture so you guys can see exactly what this work of art looked like. I mean this is a true chocolate masterpiece. Allie Lunning, you, you just continue to be a source of delight for listeners here. I love it. 
and and you are now part of the family. So thank you. <laughs> and she's now officially my Valentine. Oh. Sorry, honey. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Allie, you, you can leave now. Uh, anyway, this is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Again, the recipe, pcrm.org slash podcast. Well, that was a great show today. And, you know, your heart is a heck of an athlete. It's beating 72 times a minute, 60 minutes an hour, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. you got to treat that heart like the ultra-athlete it really is. And that means the very best food, and that means keep it vegan, keep it healthy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>